0: Welcome to the Power of the Cross Radio. This program is a message from Brother Glenn Burney titled, Are You Raptured Qualified? We want to welcome you this morning, those of you that may be listening by internet, thank you. We here at the Lighthouse have Bible study from ten to ten forty-five. Uh, just wanna put that invitation out there to you from this day forward. That if you're not going to a church anywhere, you need uh, strength and uplifting and the Word of God in your life, then feel free to join in with us on Sunday mornings. We are going to open up the Bible study this morning with a word of prayer, ask God uh, for His anointing upon the teaching this morning. So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning and ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to minister to us today to help us to learn His Word, to be edified and strengthened by that Word, and to go forth in this walk that has uh, been put before us. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, that name that's above all of the names. We thank you, Father, for that finished work at Calvary that, Father, makes a way for us. Father, that that finished work saves us and it sets us free. And, Father, you made a way for the Holy Spirit to come reside within us permanently through that finished work. And we give you the praise and honor and glory this morning, Father. And we're praying, uh, Father, this morning that that anointing will go forth to help me to expound upon this word to go forth father anoint the people to hear and to receive it and to be that witness that you've called them to be we also pray father for the sick and body that we have mentioned this morning those that are fighting illnesses father we ask that you reach down and you begin to heal them and you begin to speak to their hearts and you begin to develop a relationship with them father your desire is to you've already Wanted that relationship, Father, but your desire is for them to desire it, Father. And we just pray for that this morning. And Father, we just ask also that you touch each and every person on the face of this earth, Father, and help them to understand where they stand with you. We know that this virus has left no stone unturned, Father. We just pray that you smite this virus, Father, that you uh, smite this plague, and Father, speak to the hearts of men and women and help them, Father, to not forget where we stand. And we ask it all in the mighty name of Jesus and the church said, Amen. Amen. Who are those that will be qualified to go in the rapture? We, we say that and, and we think about it. And the first reaction would be, well, if you're a Christian, you're going to go in the rapture. Well, that's a theory that we want to talk about this morning. And I hate to say this, but not all people that profess to be Christians will go in the rapture. And that's what we will bring out this morning and begin to teach. So there are four scriptural conditions that will qualify a person for the rapture. Four conditions that will qualify. And I know that we need to go to scripture. So let's start off with Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. And we'll read that here shortly. We're describing sleeplessness and just reading a little bit about some comments back when Adolf Hitler came to power. There were people in Germany that could see the dangers of Hitler coming into power and that they would go from door to door and that they would warn the people, look, this, is, this, is, this man is dangerous. This man has an agenda. This, you know This man is going to destroy Germany. This man is evil and said that uh, a lot of times they were met with people who closed the door on them and didn't want to be bothered at that particular time. They were lulled into a state of of sleep. It couldn't happen to them. wasn't affecting them right then, so they were not concerned. And we know the rest of the story. Hitler had promised to put a Volkswagen in everybody's uh, garage. That was one of his, the economy was bad in Germany and he had promised that he was going to revive the economy, begin to give people, uh, what they needed as far as the financial portion, uh, of a nation's prosperity. So we know what happened after that. We know what, uh, Hitler set out to do and, and, uh, what, what came upon Germany from that. But saying that to say this, we as Christians need to, uh, be awake at this time. We need to be watchful. We need to be on guard and constantly be discerning the signs of the times. It's very important that we discern the signs of the times. And the only way you can properly discern those signs of the times is to know God's word. It doesn't just come to you. (laughs) You've got to know his word. You've got to be a student of his word. If you are not, you will not be able to see the thing clearly. Of, of What's taking place and I can guarantee you right now people are taking note And people probably are picking up their Bible more than they used to we know that a ministry that uh, we watch uh, Had a share uh, this last week. They broke a record and that's because people are Awakened a little bit. They see the handwriting on the wall. We've seen that in 9-11 for a little while. Anyway, people seeing the handwriting on the wall, but once everything looked like it got taken care of, people went back to sleep again and began to become apathetic. And, and I'm just going to read a scripture real quick here, the scripture that we have opened up with, Romans 13, 11 through 14. said, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. We are exhorted to awake out of sleeplessness, to be on guard. You know, when the children of Israel came out of Egyptian bondage, they became disenchanted and disillusioned and began to turn back to the elements of the world. Uh, God had delivered them. They had seen miracles after miracles. But after a while, uh, they became disenchanted. Uh, They became apathetic. They forgot. And that's something that the child of God can't do. We can't become apathetic. You know, this, this this virus, as I said earlier, as we were praying, and I've said it several times, uh, has left no stone unturned. It's affected every individual on the face of this earth. If someone didn't get sick, they maybe knew somebody that got sick. If they didn't know somebody that got sick, it affected them in their job. It affected them some kind of way. It affected everybody in their church services. It has affected, it has touched everybody. And, you know, what, we got to, to be at a point in this nation where we didn't think we could experience anything like this. You know, we're too far advanced. Our, our medical advancement uh, in this day and time can ward off anything. And the confidence level was high and the, uh, the thinking that, hey, it can't happen to us. Just as we uh, alluded to uh, the people in Germany, that it couldn't happen to them. Well, it can. We need this virus to go away because we need this economy to get back up and functioning. But the other side of it is, is what's going to happen to those people that God's speaking to now? What's going to happen? Are they going to go back to sleep? Are they going to, are they going to wake up? Are they going to begin to seek God and know, I mean, this something like this could happen again, if not worse. It's a wake up call, not only for the world, but for the church. For the church to see, you know, hey, uh, judgment starts in the house of God. And so we need to get back to preaching the truth of God's word and and not a watered down message. You know, and and when you tell the truth, you're telling, you're showing love. That's love. And, And we shouldn't do it in a vindictive manner or I told you so manner. We should do it in love. And we should ask for God to minister to these people that they understand that we are in the last days. We are in the last days. The clock is 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 ticking. His his return is soon, very soon. Another scripture that I want to share, First Peter five and eight is says, "Be sober, be be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour." So our adversary, the devil, is, is walking around trying to lull the church to sleep, trying to to. Uh, build up that apathy in the church that uh, we can be confident that knowing that, hey, hey, we don't have to worry about anything. We got this and we can just be footloose and fancy free. And then also we can start to begin to accept things of the world. We can begin to accept things, the psychology version of living for God. Uh, the church has adopted that. God is God is reprimanding for that because he laid out the only true way and that's through his son Jesus Christ we hope this message is a blessing to you we need your help to continue and grow this radio ministry go right now to grenadachurch.com and click on donate fill out the secure form using your debit or credit card give the generous amount God has purchased on your heart the word tells us That is, we bring our tithes and offerings back to his storehouse, watch God open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain. Now, back to the message. So, unfortunately, most Christians believe their Christian gardens will never become invaded by weeds, so to speak. When you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, guess what? You're on that mountaintop for a little while. Everything's hunky-dory. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to you in your life but it doesn't take long for those tests and those trials to come and you begin to wonder you know about your direction and, and you begin to become aggravated uh, because it's not what it was at first something's something's changed that the the you know this is supposed to be a rose garden and it's not but i can tell you this as someone said faith that has never been tested is a faith that can never be quite certain. Let me say that one more time. Faith that has never been tested is a faith that can never be quite certain. You'll never know where your faith is until it gets tested. You'll never know how strong it is. You'll never know that it needs to grow until it gets tested. Uh, we're in one right now. Uh, this has been a test for a lot of people. They're uh, And I was... Uh, I went out yesterday and to uh, Lowe's and couldn't hardly get in the parking lot. And I, I've never seen it like that at Christmas time. <laughs> uh, but people are people are just ready to get back to life as normal. But will it be normal? Will it be? Is it good for it to be normal? I want it to be, but is that going to be good for people? Will that be? Will people acknowledge God and understand what's taking place? Will they? I hope they will. I pray they will. For the most part, as history, we look back at history, it doesn't work that way. Sad to say. Because I don't wish anything bad on anybody. But also, Christians become indifferent. They, you know, living for Christ, in Christ, like Christ becomes a bore to them. Attending church becomes an inconvenience for them. That shouldn't be. It shouldn't be an inconvenience. You should be excited about coming to church because guess what? You get to learn about God. You get to learn about his ways. You get to hear something maybe that you haven't heard in a while or maybe that you didn't you needed for this week. I need God every second of every day. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. I think it's safe to say that uh, the Apostle Paul was one of the if not the most consecrated christian that ever lived and he says i die daily he needs god 24/7 is what he was saying and so we do too so this this you know this sitting at the house and and uh you know just going to church uh, once in a blue moon and you know maybe pray every now and then uh is is that going to help you to watch? Is that going to put you in a position to where you will go in the rapture? The Bible clearly tells us that it will not, and we will go to Scripture for that. Let's talk about watchfulness. Let's go to Mark chapter 13, verses 32 through 37. If we do not set in eternal vigilance on the return of Christ, we are in danger of missing out. As we read these scriptures, it should bear it out very easily that this was a parable that Christ taught. The Son of God was saying this. But if that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father, take ye heed, watch, and pray. For ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto you all, watch. He said it four times in this scripture, to watch. I think when when God says something four times, he means it. We are to watch. We are to be on guard. We are not to get caught up in the cares of this world. Uh, And that doesn't mean that when you go to sleep at night and you go sound asleep and the rapture happens, you're not going. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about continuously following him, seeking him, having a relationship with him, letting that oil be in that lamp, that wick trimmed, uh, letting the Holy Spirit work in your life. When you run into problems, what do you do? Go to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, help me. Help me because I'm a helpless individual and I need your help. And the Holy Spirit begins to do a work in your life that you cannot do. And and when you're doing that, guess what? You're preparing yourself. You're preparing yourself. I know that uh, there are a lot of doctrinal differences out there. If there were not doctrinal differences, there would be one church. We'd all go to one church. <laughs> but that's the case, sad to say. And we should all really, when it comes down to salvation and being set free, sanctification, we should all really come under the same banner and teaching. Uh, but that's the world we live in. You know, we talked about those that uh, possibly could miss the rapture, and we talked about Christians. And this is a subject that's come up in this church the word saved. If somebody is saved, guess what? They're saved, right? They are saved. That means you can't change the meaning of saved. (laughs) If you're saved, you're saved. And if you're saved, you are going in the rapture. But we're going to clarify some things with this. I was thinking about an example this morning, and I couldn't close it out. And I said, God, help me. To bring this example home. And as soon as I said that. He gave it to me. Immediately. And this is it. If a person is on a ship. And they fall overboard. Out into the ocean. And they have no. Life preserver or whatever. Eventually. If that person doesn't get some. Type of flotation device. That person is going to what going to eventually drown. They're going to drown. But if someone throws them that life-saving device out there, and they latch onto it, and they bring them inside that boat, they saved them. Hands down. You can't argue the point. They were saved. You, it's not a halfway salvation, is it? They saved them. Their life was spared. And I thought about that. I said, Lord, I said, you know all the teachings out there. You know what's said about this. You know the once saved, always saved. You know, understand that. I said, but when I read your word and we go back to the ten virgins, I get clipped on that. I can't put it together. And I have to believe your word. And your word says if we're not watching, if our oil is not in the lamp, if our wicks are not trimmed, I don't care what we say, we're not saved. And I said, God, I need another example. I need something to bring this home, and this is it. If that person falls out of that boat and doesn't have that life preserver, of course they will drown. But if that life preserver is thrown out there and they grab a hulk, and maybe they've been out there for a little while, they grab a hold. And it pulls them back in, pulls them back into this boat. But yet, their lungs had filled up with water. And they're choking. And they try to revive them and they can't. And they die on the boat. They weren't truly saved, were they? They weren't truly saved. They died. They didn't make it. That's what this is talking about. Those that are truly saved. There's a lot of people that say Jesus, 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 that's not going in the rapture because they're not truly saved. They're not watching. They're not keeping that oil in the lamp. They're not vigilant. They're not sober. And they're going to miss out on the rapture. And this whole time they think that they got it under the palm of their hand, that they've got this thing licked, that they can do whatever they want to do Act any kind of way they want to act. Go anywhere they want to go. And they're going to make the rapture. I'm sorry. I'm sorry and I'm talking to you by internet this morning. That's just not so. The Bible does not teach that. The Bible teaches that we need to be vigilant. Diligent. And it's just like a farmer. When he uh, grows a crop. If you go out and you see a beautiful farm and you're looking at it, that farm didn't just get like that just because someone snapped their fingers. Somebody had to go out and cultivate that farm. Somebody had to mow. Somebody had to take care of the cattle. Somebody had to do the the chores there for that farm to be in, in uh, an operating state. Somebody had to attend to the needs of that farm. And so you and I, have to be vigilant. We have to be watchful. We have to be sober-minded, as the Bible tells us to be. Four times Christ said watch. Four times in this scripture he told us what to do. And so we need, as a body of Christ, joined together. Jesus said we're two or three are gathered together. I'm in the midst. Why did he say that? Because he was speaking of congregating. He was speaking of people coming together. If, it, if not, he would have said if just one person. But he said more than one. Paul said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, especially when you see this day approaching. Do not forsake it. I'm I'm asking you, I'm asking you, if you don't have a church to go to this morning, pray, seek God about direction. I'm going to tell you something, that's a prayer God will answer every time. He will direct your path you don't have a a local church to go to in the in the Grenada community if if you're not going anywhere and you desire a a church we'd love to have you here at the lighthouse and and wherever you are today the plea is is to first accept Jesus Christ as your savior accept him and uh, allow him to teach you and and, and to grow you and to uh, form you as the potter forms the clay and uh, be watchful be watchful every day, and God uh, will take care of you in these desperate times, and he will see you through, and you will make the rapture if the rapture takes place uh, in our lifetime. You will you will make it if you're watching and waiting and being diligent. It's a process. It's growth. It's maturity, and only God can do it in you. And we'd love to talk to you. I'd love to send you some literature, whatever we need to do. Uh, here from our church. Write us, send us a note on Facebook, whatever way you can. We we thank you for listening in and be with us next Sunday, ten fifteen. We're, we're still working on those times, but we invite you to be back for Bible study as we'll continue to talk about the rapture. Let us close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this day. We thank you for these that are here. We thank you for these that are here by internet. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that in these times, You never leave us nor forsake us. That you're always right there with us. That you love us, Father. And I'm asking you to speak to the hearts of individuals right now, Father. And help them to come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And to be watchful and waiting in these last days. And to see the signs of the times. Give them the gift of discernment, Father. Help them to know your word. And to study your word in these last days. And we will forever give you the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us here on the Power of the Cross. Visit us on the web at www.grenadachurch.com, on Facebook at Lighthouse, C-O-G, or on Twitter at Grenada Church. For questions, comments, or more information, email us at infogrenadachurch.com. Thank you, God bless you, and may you have a great week.